0: Welcome to the next episode of Solihull Council's new podcast series, hosted by me, David Gregory Kumar, and in the lead up to COP26, the leader of the council, Councillor Ian Courts. will be chatting with a range of guests about what the council and local businesses and organisations are doing in the fight against climate change. We're looking at transport in this particular Podisode. And uh, we're going to start with the very general, with the councillor, and then zoom into a very special award-winning guest to talk about uh, something very exciting in a moment. But let's start with councillor Ian Court's transport. I mean, earlier in the series, we were talking about homes and energy. That's one big source of emissions that I think people don't think about. Transport, though, is, I think, one that people are aware of. And there's lots you're trying to do, isn't there? You have lots of things you're trying to do to tackle CO2.
1: Absolutely. I mean, transport is a vital uh, issue to tackle because it's responsible for, what, a third of carbon emissions. Um, But it's not just carbon emissions. It's also a source of um pollution air pollution and and congestion as well so it's you know there, there are multiple wins we can get by um you know helping with the transport uh, solutions and it will need a, a, a menu of different uh, actions both in relation to uh what is done by way of public transport uh, but also what um Individuals do, and and so often during this season, this uh, of podcasts, we we keep talking about the need uh, for action by uh, many people at many different levels, different organisations, um, small and big actions. Now, Solihull Council is not itself a, a, a public uh, transport. Uh, running organisation, the, the West Midlands Combined Authority in transport for West Midlands deals with that. But we have a big role in terms of transport. Obviously, indeed, uh, I, I'm sorry you can't see, but um, we have two uh, displays round the room. One of which talks about our Solihull station integrated transport hub, where we're hoping to um, have a, a new transport in, interchange and new station at, at, um, at Solihull. And, and secondly cycling and walking strategy and of course one of the things we want to do is to get people uh, out of their cars uh, maybe into public transport uh, but also cycling and walking and at the end of the day um, you know there's a health uh, gain uh, there and so let's let's think what can we do about on the, uh, the transport agenda I mean it's about maybe electric and hydrogen uh buses i mean that they they are being introduced uh now in 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 the routes we have electric buses uh coming through uh solihull um but it's it's about other things i mean one thing is having an efficient means of going from a to b but the actual a to b is important in itself and one of the things i've been pressing uh in the west midlands is the need uh that we for solihull in particular to be looked at um so we have better cross borough transport because you know if we're going to get people out of the cars they want to get from a to b and not necessarily go around b c d and e first so uh, it needs uh, a better um, route network and one that covers for instance
0: uh, rural areas but you said is that your job I and mean, what can you do then to push that sort of how do you Solve well, my, my,
1: I can't myself solve it, but by putting, uh, raising my head above the parapet and saying Solihull is not getting a fair deal on the transport agenda, mm. cro- that, you know, that is my job, and, uh, and indeed, I think regionally now we understand it, because it also applies to Birmingham. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the, the transport system in the West Midlands does have rather a habit of going into the centre of Birmingham, mm. um, whereas I would like our two train stations... Birmingham International and Solihull Station, connected quickly. I don't think it's acceptable that someone takes an hour to travel by public transport from say castle bromwich uh, to visit the john lewis here mm. you know so um you know it's my job to raise um raise that as an issue but there's going to be multi multiple solutions because Solihull's two-thirds country area mm. uh, and so on and uh, realistically um individual vehicles ev vehicles might be um are going to be one one solution um which just sort of takes me on to a couple of other um points here and one of is the ev uh strategy electric vehicle strategy we need to massively across the country increase the number of electric uh points uh, that we have and uh, this needs to manifest itself in in a number of ways first of all we as a council need to provide more every council must provide more uh, and we are doing that um, as are other councils Uh, we need new homes to have ev points um do you know what um, I was a bit disappointed the other day when I made representations at a planning a meeting. Why can't we say this developer provides EV points? Um, It probably good business anyway Mm. but no planning rules uh, are a bit uh, difficult over that so you know I would like to see planning policy uh, changed to give a greater emphasis on climate change then on to a completely different subject Uh, those of you who have been looking at a a bit of media might have even seen uh, yours truly um, talking about autonomous vehicles and uh, we we know there are autonomous uh, vehicles i.e vehicles that don't have a driver um well they're quite common actually but they tend to be on individual paths or individual tracks There's mm. one that goes from uh, birmingham airport to the station and in many cities you'll find them um but they may have another role and that's what we we're trying out at the nec um council has been actually the first local authority in the country uh, to purchase uh,
0: its own fully electric it's a long walk from the nec car park it, it is be nice to have something
1: a fully electric autonomous uh, shuttle. We're trialling it out. Uh, we're in a, in a sort of controlled environment, but a busy environment. So uh, I think there's real potential for it to add to the agenda of the public um, transport offer, maybe for certain, uh, certain perhaps rural areas and so on. And uh, so the autonomous vehicle is is, is great. You know, it's a um, it's been safety at the the, the forefront of, of its thinking, but. I'm very hopeful of that. We'll did, you,
0: did you stand in front of it and see if it would come to a stop?
1: I, I stood in front. It, <laughs> it stopped. It stopped. Ha- it is packed, jam-packed, full of sensors. Sensors, all. You know, it, it is uh, an actual fact. There is the one we're trialling has a has a person there just in case. Uh, that's what everybody's worried about, aren't they? But yeah, yeah sorry. But but you know what, what? What causes accidents
0: tends to be human error. Not autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. That's, so there's a lot to dive into first. Let's uh, introduce our guest as well. Uh, and obviously, on a transport uh, podcast, really the one of the biggest transport stories in the Midlands now is HS2, and we have a very special guest, Kim Kwasi from Arab. I mean, that's the shortest title anyone's got, Kim Kwasi from <laughs> Arab. Tell us about your involvement in HS2 yeah. and what you're doing here. Locally. Yeah.
2: So, so I. I... I am um, the, the lead architect um, from Arup on the station. But obviously, um, I'm a small member of a much, much, much larger team. I mean, there's a there's quite a considerable number of us all working together to try and come up with an extraordinary station, which we're really, really proud of. Tell
0: us about the station, the award-winning station. Where yeah. is it? What's it doing on Hs2? So
2: 2 So it's the first station that you come to from London so you know you start off at Euston then Old Oak Common and then you arrive at Interchange so from, from from our point of view it's always been the gateway it's the it's the point where you actually arrive somewhere and and for me the the really exciting thing the thing that we always um, got was that you were coming to a place mm. and you were going through the countryside and then you arrived and you arrived at the West Midlands and this was the signal that you had come to somewhere really special and and I think one one of the other things that we were really excited about was this was a site which didn't have an identity and and so for us you know the station and 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 its kind of geography its location between um, you know the A five A four five two at the east uh, and then the motorway system and then you know sort of NEC and and beyond was kind of extraordinary. You had the, you know, if you draw a section from east to west, you start off in the, what I've described in the 18th century, you know, you start off with Packington Hall and then you, you cross. So it's this very unique place that has this enor- enormous amount of latent history. You know, it's got-
0: But you, the station could give it its identity.
2: Yes, and the station, and the station responds to this. So the station is a kind of, it's very, re- so what we took was, was this idea of this sort of rural um, kind of, you know, civic idea and, and made something really that was that was about keeping, you know, protecting the site in terms of protecting the Hollywood Brook and being, and touching the ground lightly and that kind of drove uh, very much the, the kind of sustainability kind of drivers. But, but zero,
0: zero in on that because we're talking about uh, COP26 and CO2 emissions and stuff. Mm. So let's start with the sustainability just of the yeah. station as a building. Yeah. I mean, how do you make a sustainable station? Um
2: by by actually um working really really hard <laughs> and and a lot of a lot of um you know just questioning so you know it, it's very easy in a station to do business as usual and so we spent a lot of time um working really really hard to drive you know efficiency obviously i think we one of the signature elements is the timber roof or the timber glue lamp structure um but a lot of a lot of the the real work is in the background, you know, looking at the way that you know solar gain comes in, you know, doing a lot of really sophisticated uh, computer modelling mm. that allows us to make sure that all the the conditions inside the the um, uh, the station are not not too hot or not too cold, uh, and very much also placing the station, you know, very lightly on the ground. So one of the things, the things that fundamentally I'm really very proud of. Is that we didn't put any concrete in the ground Mm. other than you know to support the bridges so therefore we've we've touched the ground very lightly we've also been really conscious of the fact that you know this is an evolving area so i think you know um there is there is an ambition that this will support you know fantastic new kind of um a, a new civic hub and so we've made sure that our station is designed in a way that it will always it doesn't require Uh, Any change to its Hmm. sort of base, its base kind
0: of perimeter. I mean You've seen the designs. It's your high-speed station. I mean, what do you think would you is it what you want?
1: Uh, I'm quite relieved actually because um, (laughs) When when HS2 first uh, came on the horizon, so to speak, and it it was something like I don't know ten years ago and with my chief officer then uh, We we launched what was became the the M42 gateway, which became UK Central, actually. And I set out four principles I wanted to see from uh, any development in this location, which was effective land use. We're the best connected place in the country, actually. Uh, But I wanted design excellence, and I wanted great, sustainable, call it green and blue infrastructure. Now, I, I think we've got that. I think you've got to remember the work that we've done to try and... Uh, make a really great location here. HS2 is not really the most popular project. Uh, on there are Earth. there are
0: views on both sides, as we say. There are the many views on it,
1: and if you live where I live, there are many views mm, against it. Yes. And it, you know, it is changing the landscape. And I'm afraid projects do. Uh, but our determination as a council and mine as leader was to make sure if we're going to take 150 hectares out of the green belt then i want to make best use of it for for home 5000 homes actually uh, for for business for industry to protect other Greenbelt land, but also to make a great location. I was really relieved when I saw the design of the project. I've been around quite a few um, projects. I, I took a party of, uh, what, a dozen officers and members to HS1 and sort of said to my officers, that's what I don't want, um, specifically. The, com- the
0: stations of HS1? What are the stations like on HS1? Well, that's a okay, little concrete, concrete the channel. Yes, yes. No, and I, th- I think I do remember,
2: because you, we were, you know... It, I think um, if if I try and say this in a way that's politically no, it's fine. Uh, it's a podcast, <laughs> it'll mean, be on the
0: council website. Nobody'll ever hear this. It's fine. Go for it.
2: No, I mean, I think I think the most important thing is that you know, councillor courts gave us a really hard time, you know, and I, I, you know, and in a way, I think that's really important because it's very easy for us to kind of come in and just say, okay, look, you know, mm. this is it. But actually, the thing I'm most proud of is that it feels like, you know the West Midland station, mm. it feels like it belongs to this place and we can't design it elsewhere. And, you know, if somebody gives you a hard time, it sets you a challenge, mm. you know, and I think and I think it could be argued that, you know, on HS one there might not you know, because the, possibly everybody thought it was new and shiny and they didn't challenge their mm. design teams and, and, and HS one hard enough. And I think that's really important, you know, and, and also, also one thing I think is absolutely fundamental is that this is about supporting growth and regeneration. Mm. And therefore, you've got to be really careful about the surrounding, you know, the station itself is quite, you know, is, is only one part of a much bigger mosaic. And so we were really mindful of making sure that, you know, we drew the future versions of the city or the the place so that we could always say look you know this station will respond to
0: you know so the regional ambition can I ask about that because obviously one of the regional ambitions we're talking about transport is just greener transport yeah. so access to the station that you've built this beautiful sustainable award winning as we've yeah. said very nice looking station but but within its setting, its landscape, the connections, how people get to it, how mm. can you make them greener? Are there things you can do as an architect that will drive that? Have you been asked to do that? Is that what people want?
2: Well, I think I think we. One of our challenges, and we're doing a lot of work around sort of micro mobility hubs at the moment. One of the things that. Um, is really interesting for us is that you have to think about networks. Mm. You know, we, we, if you imagine, we're like, you know, uh, we're the big connector. We're the, you know, we're the sort of backbone. We do mm-hmm. big things, and in the same way that you know, you're connecting, um, you know, you're connecting undersea cables that are creating sort of nodes in the internet. Um, so, the rest of the system, everyone has to work in partnership, and you know, so I. And I can imagine a point you know for, for me that you know this is this is a station that is was when we were designing it ahead of its time because you know in terms of a post post covid post pandemic mm. you know people will want to live in um, you know in in, in in a different way and therefore they will use um, the the benefits of connectivity that mm. our station provides but you know we need to put in um, the rest of the the network and that's slightly outside <laughs> what that's I can it, but do, how
0: do you think, so you get this beautiful thing but how do you sort of link it all together it,
1: it's that word network isn't it and this is what I can you know I haven't used the words hub and spoke uh, although I referred to yeah. Uh, Birmingham centric, and you know, the, the, we see the need now to have a network rather than this hub and spoke yeah. model. We need to see, we, we need okay, to so connect-
0: break that down for me. I don't quite understand.
1: Well, it means connecting people with jobs, mm-hmm. it means pe- connecting people uh, with um, communities, it means connecting friends. If we can get, um, for instance, a metro between Birmingham Centre and the airport. It connects up a large number of communities. In many cases, some de- deprived communities mm. in Birmingham uh, uh, and Solihull to centres of employment. That's what connect- that's what a network means. It also means connecting North Solihull with South Solihull, so that people can join together, you know, as, as they wish to do.
0: And so these are these are all sort of low carbon uh, trams and uh, low carbon. That's just w- the car use. This the, the region kind of thrives on at the moment.
1: Yeah, and we've moved moved increasingly towards low carbon or, or zero.
2: Carbon transport mm. modes. I think also one of the things that we, you know, we we, we always talked about seamlessness in mm. when we were talking about the station, and and one of the things that you are always trying to do is make it, you know, imagine every time you get up in the morning, you know, it's the car versus yes. you know versus getting on a bus or other went- options, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, and for me, it's like you know, if you make the journey. Easy, intuitive—you know everything works as one system. Then people are going to use mm. the more sustainable way of doing it. Uh, but if you make it really difficult for somebody to do something sustainable, of course they're not going to do it. You know. Well, the flip
0: side of that is you could make it harder for car users. He said, speaking of someone without a car, <laughs> you know everything's arranged around them and. Yeah, but I think, I think, I think... What would I've, have happened if you said, well, no parking places, I think. But, Micro scooters and tramways.
2: But I also think that we've got to be, you know, cars are are part of it. You know, mm. they are um, positive things in many ways, other than, you know, if we, if we, if we end up with a wholly electric car, car fleet, that's a really good thing. Mm. And what we want to be able to do is end up with a transport system that reflects... Mm you know, all the different types of people and, and the different ways that people want to live. Yeah. Car, look, car users uh, are not helping other car
1: users. We're getting increasing congestion mm. through more and more people saying, well, I'm going to drive. Now, you know, if we can reduce that uh, by a variety of means, like like better connected public transport, by more cycling and walking, which, which is one of the things we do, better cycle routes, if this is going. It's back to my. There isn't a magic bullet to solving this. Mm. Cars will, I think, will still have a place, but I think they'll be electric cars uh, rather than petrol cars, and that's 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 the ambition. Mm. And you know, we can't keep going on the way we are. And people, particularly in Solihull, uh, they need they use the car because they don't have an alternative means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Can you? Uh, I mean, you're. I, the, I think that's really
2: important. It's. If you give somebody the alternative means and you make it easy for them to use active travel,
0: they will use it. Uh, How, okay, so you're you're thinking the big thoughts. You're the head architect. You know, you're the guy in charge. But so I'm guessing there are people who are coming up with solutions beneath you. But what are these? What are the big thoughts? How do you do that? How do you nudge people who are saying it's okay to get the bike? What what? Well, what by, you do? I mean, one of the things
2: that we were absolutely you know we put bikes. Front and center of the station, okay. so it's a lot easier to get. You know, to, everyone goes past a bike. So you know, there was a, there's a point that you can't deliberately make something difficult for somebody because that's just unfair. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think you know, but and I think and there are all kinds of good reasons why people want to use cars. Yeah. You know, and and you know, it's you, and, and we've got a much more disparate kind of you know range of people, and you know, our, you know, we've got. I mean, like my mum, for example, yeah, you know, sure. she, she, she needs to be driven around and therefore. Um, but, you know, I would like to be able to take my Brompton everywhere. Mm. Um, but actually, you suddenly realize it's really difficult because people don't put the bikes central. They mm-hmm. make it really difficult. And a lot of transport planning is predicated around taxi and car use. Mm. And if you, to, if you go to the current Birmingham International, it's really about, you know, the the car usage. It and is. the new vision of it is much, much more about public realm, moments for dwell, you know, connecting into cycle infrastructure, which is, you know, again, all of those things, are, we're all thinking the same thing. We're trying to create stations which are civic, which are about, uh, you know, about human scale use. Yeah. And, and all of that makes them places to dwell and places to, you know, that become sort of centers of kind
0: of communities and cities and and that's see. So that's really interesting do you think for example you'd build the airport like it is these days
1: not, not at all and i think is one of the elements it is a reference to car and parking actually just think about how many different parking areas there are in the area between uh, the airport and Birmingham national station and one of the things that Solihull council team through its urban growth company is looking at is is parking strategies to make more efficient use of the parking areas and and one of the examples actually this is back to hs2 what we said to hs2 was if you're going to build this station here what i don't want is you know tens of acres of land being taken for surface car parking Mm. which was the plan now government has given um uh uh, 50 million it said towards building a multi-story to to help solve that and we're working towards solving that
2: problem multi-story did you do it did somebody else oh no i think we we were we're obviously were supportive of it uh, (laughs) no but but i think i think in some sense obviously there's it's part of it, you know. I think what we've learned is that this is very much a partnership approach. We're all trying to work to something that is.
0: And is the idea that there's just it, it, the car park is just more concentrated and just not spread out all over. Well, park instead park. of
1: um, I don't know 20, uh, 20 or thirty acres of of, yeah, of surface park. tarmac, we actually stack it in in form of uh, multi-story car parks. Then we can put business space and homes. You know, if if I can build five thousand homes. Uh, in the hub area where, where that that means something of the order of 500 acres of belt will be spared mm. this co- is a community as you yeah. said it, yeah. it is at
2: the heart yeah. of a
0: community yeah, and,
2: and and i think i think again i think one of the things that's really important is 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 getting this sort of partnership approach you know mm. i think what was really good for me when i sort of started on this station uh, station there was a very clear prospectus of what Solihull wanted out of the station and and you know that wasn't around sort of ten years earlier. You know, ten years earlier, it was all about connectivity. It was all about um, how quickly you could get from point A to B. Mm. And and the voices um, of the the communities and cities that actually were using these stations were was kind of there, but it wasn't listened to. And I mm. think you know actually that was you know that was a really important move. That you've got to des- you, you know you're designing stations for people. And you've got to, you know, otherwise there's there's no point. And so actually getting that voice and actually getting a very clear sense of we want something extraordinary gave us a really, I suppose, gave us a real impetus and a real challenge. And that I think that's been hugely important. But but going back to this whole thing, it is a partnership. You know, ultimately, you know, the communities don't know whether something is delivered by West Midlands Combined Authority, HS2, you know, mm. they, they just want to get from point A to mm. p- point B. And, and, you know, the point A to point B thing is really, really important. That's what you're trying to do. And people will do it in the way that is the most conveni- convenient and, you know, enjoyable way for mm. them. Um, and, and we just have to, you know, I think it's almost as simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: it sounds like... I mean, I can't wait to see it. When will it be finished? Or uh, I, think, start? I think
2: certainly we are... I, I would not quote that because <laughs> it constantly changes. It's a podcast. I think it's a long programme, uh, obviously, in terms of... You know, you know, it, it's a hugely complex yeah. beast. And, and I'm quite lucky because I also work on the other side in terms of, um, you know, where it, the tunnels that start at Euston. And you know the sheer level of engineering ambition mm. is just huge and i think it is a bit like i mean i kind of began to describe it a bit like an apollo program you know it is driving it is driving all kinds of benefits that we won't yet see mm. it's creating a new generation of designers that have you know that actually who wonder- might
0: think about these issues
2: then who, who don't question it mm. you know i mean ultimately you know the people you know I, my team has kind of grown up and they don't think about cars they think you know they think uh far more in an integrated way than we ever did because mm. and i think that's really important i think there's a huge amount of t- stuff that is in the background which isn't really uh, but our simulation tools our ability to you know kind of test and use natural systems is huge mm. um i think I think we've also, I mean, I have this kind of romantic notion that, you know, that the West Midlands, and I kind of talked about this before, the West Midlands is the birth of the Industrial Revolution. Is also, it is. I was in artist a, today, yeah. But also then becomes this leader in, um, you know, sustainable technologies, and it's going out there and selling that to the world, because, you know, I want people to come to my station. <laughs> I have an interest in that. Um, and, and I want them to feel, you know, that, that they're coming to, you know, that... They've arrived at an extraordinary space I mean that's what you really that's what we're doing it for and we and then the, and that UGC model around the station of creating a very new type of you know post pandemic kind of mm. community is really again I think really extraordinary you know we can we have this strange once in a lifetime opportunity of doing something very very different so I,
0: th- I, I, I th- thought it was just a station i hadn 't quite realized it fed into so much
2: well if you you look
1: around at the the stations I mean we in the lead up to this well, I, I visited quite a number of stations in uh, Europe, in Holland and the difference is quite remarkable and the difference from things like colour, you know, concrete uh, is, is very grey and boring, mm. it can be changed through attention to colour, which is why I was relieved when I saw the designs that, that emerged for this, because I think we've got something here that's going to be
0: great and the people will enjoy being in. But are there broader lessons do you think you could learn? I mean, you talked about your solar hull integrated transport hub, the station. Do you think there are lessons you can take from HS2 that might be useful or ways you could... Have you got any tips? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it is all uh, you know. I think I, I think there is
2: definitely influence uh, between both. I mean, we're constantly learning, and I don't think it's a competitive environment. You know, ultimately, what I'm a journalist. <laughs> it's always a competitive environment. Okay, that's it. so yeah,
0: you can learn stuff. And...
2: You can, yeah, and uh, you know, in, in the end, I kind of um, uh, I think it. The competition is always good. You know, I, I mean, I think we always want to outdo each other. And, and I think that a healthy competition is, is, is really good. Um, but it is, I think, you know, the culture that has changed, the sea changes, we now talk about public space. Mm-hmm. We talk about, you know, we talk about, we talk about community in a way that we didn't talk about, you know, a year a six and years ago. And we
1: talk about environment yeah. as well. Yeah. And one of one of the things I've been very keen on, I am mean, from the building industry, but mm. to be honest it's biodiversity and, yeah. and green space is, is is top of my agenda. And you know, I want to see developments in Solihull that respect that. You know, we have wonderful parks with sixteen green flags, they've just been giving us new flags uh, for our parks. That they're they're a joy. Um, you know, you, you look out of the window from this office block and you'll see, you know, tree-lined streets, literally, you know, trees, every, that's the sort of environment you want, and that's the sort of environment I want to see created, yeah. both at, um, uh, at the UKC Interchange and, and indeed locally in Solihull. So, you know, this, the big change is where we came in almost, which is mm. in the environmental credentials. But environment is about green space, it's all about, uh, it can also be about beauty, you know, there's nothing wrong with new buildings. Every yeah. building was new once. Yeah. Uh, the question is how it matures uh, with time, and, and, and it's about settings for those spaces, and that's what I'm very much hoping we will achieve uh, over, you know, at uh, the hs 2 interchange in, instead of the original vision, which was
0: tarmac. Mm. I think it's fascinating. Um, that is a fascinating point to round things up on i have learned so much from from talking about that it is an amazing beautiful station award-winning we should say that again uh and uh kim quality from arab thank you so much for talking about it and explaining how it fits into the wider landscape and how in fact it could we could learn so much from it in terms of transport and how surly hull operates in the future Uh, that is it councillor ian Courts. i have learned so much over the past four podcasts You've been my guide. It's been an absolute education. Thank you so much. I hope if you've been listening, you've learned a lot too. Uh, I've still got a grumbly back, but at least we thought about some big issues in the course of this. And I hope you may even re-listen to some of them uh, and find some lessons we can all take forward. Uh, That is it from us. Thank you very much. I am David Gregory Kumar. Thank you very much for listening.